We are 23 days away from the return of Los Angeles Lakers basketball, and the Lakers' win total has increased from 47.5 to 48.5 wins at minus 110 on FanDuel. I'm Blake Atwell, and welcome into the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast, the Lakers show on the Believe Podcast Network that covers all things purple and gold with a combination of betting advice and analysis. Now, today is a very special episode as we welcome Lakers Nation NBA analyst and host of the Sports Headline Podcast, Sean Davis, to the show. Sean, thank you so much for joining. Welcome in. Yeah, thanks for the intro, Blake, and thanks for the invite. Ready to talk some Lakers hoops with you, man. All right, like you said, let's do it. Let's talk some Lakers. Now, as I mentioned off the top, the Lakers projected win total for the regular season is currently set at that 48 and a half mark. So the first question I want to ask you is, are you siding with the over or the under on that one? Mm, over, but I don't feel confident about it. Like, I think, so I, I my power ranking style is like style of who's going to most likely to win a championship, not like most likely or like best regular season record. If the Lakers were like a 46, 47 win team, but was healthy like they're a five seed or whatever, I, I still feel equally as confident. I don't know if they'll be like the team that gets 55 wins though and just dominates the regular season, but I think they're the second best team in the West. So I'll go over, but I don't feel really, really confident about it because I can see, like I said, the route where they just say, let's just get everybody healthy. 80, you're not, I don't think he plays 65, but hopefully he does. But like 80, just be healthy. Let's not have another foot injury. LeBron, for the love of God, just be healthy. Um, and we'll figure everything else out come playoff time. But I think that's that that's definitely a possible approach. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you that, you know, championship is obviously the mindset of this team. They're not worried. We saw that last season when they're, you know, in the play-in tournament and then they're just able to turn it on at the right time. Um, what has me confident that they're gonna go over is I know it was such a small sample size, and I know this is something that you guys talk about on Lakers Nation a lot, that you can't take that small sample size and just sort of like assume and sort of project that, all right, that's going to be like how much they're going to win because they were winning at such a high clip and it was post-trade deadline. And again, it was like a short sample size. But I do think that when you look at how well that team was able to play, not only in the regular season, but then the playoffs, and you look at the way that they improved on the margins and they kind of with the Christian Wood signing in particular, I think have shored up most of the holes that we all thought that they had um, going down the stretch of, of the playoffs. And you combine those marginal pieces with what they already have. And I think that the table is set for them to be in like the top three of the West is where I see it going if they're healthy. Like you said, like Anthony Davis, if we can get just what we got out of him last season, which was, you know, above the 50 game mark, hopefully he mm. gets closer to 60. I think this team is going to be in the top three in the West. And if you look at the standings last season, I mean, 50 wins got you, I believe it was the Kings who were, um, who were in the top two or three. So, yeah. so if they, they are 50, they were like 48 or yeah. Yeah, 48, yeah. but it was close. It was close. It was like right at this number, right? Yeah. And if we're looking at, okay, you know, Rob Palinka didn't put this team in the best position, right? <laughs> Coming to to start last They viewed season. Patrick Beverly as a wing. I'll tell you all you need to know about That's when they thought about that roster. Dude, on media day, when he was talking about Juan Toscano Anderson being like the guy that was like going to guard, 
you know, the elite wings in the NBA, that's when I was like, all right, like this Laker team is in trouble. <laughs> um, so the fact that they're starting out on like a, on the right foot, if you will, on paper, I think is good. Obviously you never know yeah. with injuries and we know what the history has been with LeBron and AD with injuries in the past. But I, I really think, you know, LeBron obviously um, had the, the foot injury and you would think taking care of himself as he always does, um, you know, this summer going to be ready to go AD and then the ancillary pieces. I just, I think that um, if they are top three getting at 50 wins or near 50 wins, isn't that far out of the question. And of course, you know, this number here, it was, as I said, off the top as well, it was 47 and a half and it went to 48 and a half after the Christian Wood signing, which is where I want to go next. Um, and kind of ask you just what your general thoughts are on this Christian Wood signing, what he brings to the purple and gold. Yeah. Um, and if I start to ramble and talk too long, please tell me to shut up. Um, but I love the Christian Wood signing and I think he has a, a bad rap, uh, for sure. It's more so in the locker room and I can't really touch on that, but defensively also, he has a like atrocious rap defensively and people just think he's terrible defensively. I think what we're going to see this year, Christian Wood, and I'll talk defensively, then we can move into like the offense, but I think everybody knows he's a really, really good offensive player. He graded out as like a top five screener last year in terms of impact and ability to score on pick and pops or just even as a roll man, short rolls hit the 15 foot jumper or as a, a finisher at the rim, decent post dude. So yeah, he has a ton of talent offensively. I think we all know that, but defensively, he shockingly kind of adds a ton of versatility to this Lakers team. And there's been reports about them going to be playing him a ton next to Anthony Davis. And you put, you put almost anybody next to Anthony Davis. It'll be pretty all right. But I think we can see the Lakers get more complex with their coverages defensively. Like one thing we almost really never saw except idiotically in the second half of game two against the Warriors, they said, Hey, let's head Steph Curry ball screens. The thing that like has not worked in the eight years Steve Kerr has been in Golden State, but I digress. Um, the And the Lakers just never did that last year. But now they could actually hedge this year. Maybe not against the Warriors, but, like, you can – Christian Wood is, set, like, kind of mobile as a big. And then Anthony Davis can be, like, that free safety as a helper off the ball and beat anything up at the rim, which is kind of the weakness of hedging is those rotations on the backside. Or even Christian Wood is, like, a helper weak side. So – I'm super intrigued and cautiously optimistic about the defensive fit. But even if he's like a negative defensively, he's going to give you double digit points. And for him being the 14th roster spot, I, I just don't see a reason why you could be overly critical of the signing. And if he just completely sucks, he's a locker room cancer, cut him. Like it's not that like complicated. And I, I don't understand why people are super, super negative about the signing personally. Yeah. So, the thing about Christian Wood is that he's never been in a situation like he's about to be in. Yeah. So Rockets fans, Mavericks fans, et cetera, they will tell you he's a locker room cancer. He doesn't play any defense. He puts up 16 empty points that don't contribute to winning. But in the same way that other guys on Laker teams that have been successful in recent years, mainly I'm thinking like the 2020 team with like JaVale and Dwight and those kinds of guys. Right you go into a defined role, right? Where in training camp, it's going to be defined. Like, all right, this is what we need from you. Whether that is, you know, Anthony Davis playing the four and starting one at the five, putting AD at the five, 
um, Rui or Vando at the four, and then you have Wood as the backup, like whatever route that you go there, um, he's not going to be asked to be the anchor of the team as the center. And that is what he was basically asked to do. Like the Dallas, like when they made the Kyrie Irving trade, I mean, we saw it when we, when we played them and et cetera, as they fell out of the playoffs, like they just had nothing. So they're asking him to do a lot on both sides of the ball. Right. So I think that like, on the one hand, it's like, if you're not like, it's similar to Cam Reddish. Like if it's not going to work with LeBron and AD, like, yeah, then, then it's probably not going to work. Right. So so you have to hope that you kind of get out of him sort of what you got out of JaVale and Dwight, just in the sense that like they are guys that are going to come into training camp and the same with Jackson Hayes, of course, come into training camp, accept their role and play it, you know, at, to a T and, and star in their role. Because if Christian Wood is just making open shots and being a big ple- presence on the floor And let's say, and this is something that I know you guys touched on on Lakers Nation the other day, that like, let's say, because I know the AD comments have been out there about him, you know, not wanting to play the five. And it's like, all right, when crunch time hits and like we're trying to win a championship, AD, you're going to be the five, right? So, okay, you want to put Christian Wood at the five in the regular season? Okay, whatever. In the playoffs, Christian Wood's probably, yeah, Christian Wood's probably your backup five, right? The best way to look at it is, and this is why I hate the like, oh, he's a five, oh, he's a four. Okay, cool. Put Christian Wood and AD together. Like, I, I don't really care. Like, if you want to classify one as the four or the five, but way I look at it, if you're facing the the uh, Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals and they're on the floor together, Anthony Davis is gonna be a Nikola Jokic. <laughs> like, I, I don't care. Yeah, like you're gonna throw Christian Wood like who's on Joel Embiid. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So I think that's the lens that you have to look at it through. And like you said, it's a vet minimum, just like some of these other guys are. It's like Rob was able to get good value on a lot of these players. So if it doesn't work out where in the past, as recently as last season, there were players on the team where it's like second year is a team option or like, or excuse me, a a player option or whatever. So it was like a Lonnie Walker thing where like, or a Malik Monk thing where it's like, if they play well enough, like they're just going to leave you, you know, these contracts are set up like a lot better. Um, So I think contractually, and then on the floor, really high upside, like you said, you cut him. And then there's still the 15th roster spot. And I know like Colin Castleton is a guy who looked good in summer league. Who knows if you can develop him into something sooner than people expect. Bismack Biombo is still out there. There are other guys out there, like just bigger guys. Cause in a sense, it's like, I think Laker fans have a 10, have a, a tendency. And I do this, you know, we all do this, like to romanticize the past. And you're like, wow, like Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee on that 2020 oh my team. God, thank we're like, you. we're like the next, we're like the next, you know, the next greatest thing. And it's like, don't get me wrong. They they were stars in their roles. And same with like Rajon Rondo, like stars in their roles. But even if you look at the next stops that they went to, why didn't it work? Because they were asked to do like more in that next stop. The best way to kind of describe it. So when uh, JaVale McGee got waived, I was like the biggest guy saying, no, do not go get JaVale McGee. And everybody's like, Sean, he, you're a hater. JaVale McGee was on the title team. <laughs> Help with us the championship. And I'm like, okay, the Dallas Mavericks cut him. And the Mavericks are like literally sending out signals to the league right now saying, we want a lob threat rim protecting big. And everybody is saying, Oh, bring bring JaVale McGee into the Lakers. He can protect the rim and be a lob threat. We can do that, Dallas. When they cut him. I'm like, come on, man. It's not 2020. Yeah, yeah. No, literally. And so th- that's what I mean is it's like 
those those are two those are examples of guys that were able to do what Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood are hoping to do, which is just to like star in their roles alongside LeBron and AD. Because if you do that, you're going to win a championship, or you're going to be in the conference finals, or you're going to be in the NBA finals. And whether or not you take advantage of the next opportunity that you get, which yeah. they did not, like you're gonna you're going to get another opportunity, you know, yeah. out of it. So it's better for you in your career. The White was almost out of the league before he got to LA that first time around. Yeah, and that's my point. So Christian Wood, tough, tough, uh, you know, uh, reputation. Jackson Hayes, top pick. A lot of people don't think he's lived up to, you know, the expectations that were placed on him. Yeah. And that's sort of where I want to go next is like looking at the rest of the Lakers offseason uh, additions. Mm -hmm. um, Jackson Hayes, Gabe Vincent. I So I worked for the Miami Heat when I was in college. Okay. So I... Am a, I grew up in Southern California, have always been uh, a mm -hmm. Laker enthusiast, but I also am really into the Miami Heat. And when the Lakers got Gabe Vincent, I was like, OMG, like this was that came it came out of left field for me. It came out of nowhere. And 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 to get him, you know, on the on the number that he was at, like, I just think that that is a it's good value. Mm -hmm. He was a starting point guard on the team that went to the NBA finals, you know, out of the Eastern Conference. And it yeah. wasn't an easy road to get there. Like. Whether he beats out D'Lo or not in training camp, you know, you have him coming in. Torian Prince, 3 and D guy, um, hopefully who's going to just excel in his role next to LeBron and AD. Touching on these signings, like what are just your um, your thoughts on the Lakers offseason as a whole, sort of beyond just a Christian Wood signing? I thought the Lakers had the best offseason in the NBA. Like I'm, I'm also kind of accounting for the draft too when I say that. And there's not really any other team that I think you can argue can say that. Like, I don't, maybe Boston, maybe, but like, you'd have to be ridiculously high on the KP trade. And I think it was just fine. But like, yeah, I don't think anybody else had like the offseason the Lakers did. Like we already talked about Christian Wood, Gabe Vincent. I was, I was so stoked. And like, like you said, came out of left field, peek behind the curtain i was fundraising for the team that I coached for we were at an event and when the news dropped like completely just shut everything out like oh like you know what i mean and it was it was awesome and the value we got he was did a film breakdown on him he's probably my favorite film breakdown i've done at that time or up to that point because i i think and you could probably attest this like you said being into the heat he's just a winner and he makes winning plays like it, it's kind of hard to describe without being able to put any film up or whatever, but he just, he's just a winner and he makes a ton of winning plays. So I love that signing. Uh, Jackson Hayes. I was like, okay, if you're getting another big that can actually play, I like it because then you're not asking Jackson Hayes to be completely reliable and dependent upon him. You can, it's a, it's a, High risk, high reward type signing is my back is my primary backup. I'm a little iffy about is my second backup. Okay, cool. Let's just hope it pans out. Torian Prince at that value, I thought it was a steal, man. He shot, I want to say 40% on off-screen threes the past couple of years, 40% last year. He's a really, really good shooter, solid defender. I thought he should have got around close to a mid-level. We get him at four and a half million dollars. Like that's a steal. Uh, who else we get those four? Yeah, it's just, and then the guys we brought back, Austin Reeves is on a pound for pound top five contract in the league. D'Lo, I like the number. I know a ton of people are kind of souring on D'Lo right now, but 
the end of the day, he's a really, really good starting point guard and a really, really good starting point guard getting $17 million. Heck yeah, I'm good with that. And then Rui, I thought that's probably the most I would have given him. So that that's the contract I'm like the least happy about, but I'm still fine with it. And then I thought they had a great draft and, you know, Jesse Buss and, you know, that scouting department always aces the draft or mostly aces the draft. Um, JHS, like 15th on my board. You got him at 17. Max Lewis was a top 25 player on my board. You get him at 40. And then Castleton as an undrafted free agent who I viewed as a draftable player. Demoy Hodge already looks really, really good. Um, yeah, I, I love the Lakers offseason. I thought pound for pound, they had the best offseason in the NBA. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with you. And Max Christie, another guy who, you know, it's not like you signed him as a free agent, but he wasn't part of the rotation last season and you're expecting him to play backup minutes this season. So just another guy that adds into that fold. And Austin Reeves, we saw what he did with Team USA. Um, he clearly has just continued to work on his game and his playmaking skills are even better than they were, it looks like. And Jovan Buha had that story about how the Lakers are um, sort of, you know, planning on probably trying to run more of their offense through him this season. So who knows what doors that'll open up for him. Um, so I definitely think on paper, Lakers are looking really good. Um, the last thing that I wanted to ask you about the offseason was just what your favorite signing was. Oh, Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent. And the thing about Gabe Vincent, too, that you touched on, and I, I just can't stress this enough to Laker fans, there were parts of last season where he really wasn't shooting the ball well, and that's part of why the Miami Heat ended up in the play-in tournament. It wasn't just him. It was Struess. It was nobody Jeff. shot. Like, yeah. Nobody shot the Jimmy, ball. Even, like, yeah. Max Struess, who was a 40% yeah. dude two years ago, was like a 33% dude for half the year. Yeah. And the thing is, is that even when he's not – shooting the ball well, which you can't control as a player, whether or not the shots are going in or not, he played extremely hard. So you had to keep him on the floor and you kept him in the starting lineup or you kept him playing major minutes. And I think especially when you get into the playoffs, going back to D'Angelo Russell, like great regular season player, he was great for the Lakers in the regular season and the first couple rounds of playoffs last season. But if you're in a situation where you're in the conference finals, you're in the NBA finals, and for whatever reason, Jamal Murray or, you know, whoever is cooking D'Angelo Russell and he's not making shots, I think at the very least with Gabe Vincent, whether or not he's making shots, you're guaranteed that he's going to play his butt off every time he steps on the floor. Um, mm -hmm. And not that D'Angelo Russell doesn't do that, but I think that Gabe Vincent has a... But I think that... I think that and that's a whole other uh, podcast episode. But I think that uh, Gabe Vincent has a proven track record of you're going to get that heat culture that like... And what does that yeah. mean? That means... You're playing your butt off every time. Yeah, competitive. Every time you step on the floor. So he's going to be uh, a, ver a very good addition for the Lakers. I would have to agree with you. I would say he's probably my favorite. And then I was just really excited, even though this guy isn't like a signing. He is an, I, I consider him sort of like an offseason addition, which is Christie just coming in as a second-year player, hopefully yeah. going to be in a bigger role, looked great in summer league, as good as you could look, you know, mm -hmm. as a second-year guy, I would say. So um, I think we're on the same wavelength there. Moving forward and kind of just like looking at um, opening night and the regular season, as the roster is right now, which it looks to be set, we'll see if they do anything with the 15th spot before the season starts. Who would be your starting five? 
uh, D'Lo, Austin, LeBron, Vando, AD. I would have to agree with you. And I have been on the, I know there's been a lot of discussion about Vanderbilt or Rui, but just look at the Lakers Mavericks game last season where Vanderbilt single-handedly like through energy and effort plays and guarding the other team's best player got the Lakers back in that game was a huge part in them winning that game. That's just a, I always think back to that game because Rui Hachimura game too. Phoenix late in the year, Mm -hmm. Minnesota all three times, like (laughs) yeah, struggled against Vando last year. Yeah. And sorry to cut you off, but like, no, it's all good. The, the, the biggest way to like, in my eyes, settle the Vando Rui like thing is if you bring Vando off the bench, right? I think you're limiting his impact on both ends of the floor in a year where you kind of want to decide if you're going to pay him or not. Because offensively, he's probably going to be best with guys like uh, Austin, D'Lo, Braun that can create for him easy touches at the rim or like driving kicks from three. Hopefully, the corner three is a lot better this year. And then defensively, like second game of the year is against the Phoenix Suns. Do you want Jared Vanderbilt coming off the bench and guarding you don't want a knob or do you want him starting and guarding Devin Booker, Kevin Durant? Like this the option of him starting and guarding the opponent's best player is way more appealing than the second one. And just because he starts doesn't mean he has to play 30 minutes. Like Rui's gonna play more minutes for sure. You just paid him 18 million dollars. So who says he has to start? And or you look at the the potential of that second unit, man, if you get, if Gabe Vincent is shooting the ball well, and then you have Torian Prince, then you have Rory Hachimura, like just those three guys alone, that is such an improvement over a lot of what the Lakers have had in previous seasons where it felt like there was no depth anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And now, and now it feels like, yeah, especially if you, if you keep Rory in that second unit, like you're going to have that, um, you know, that scenario play out. I will say for opening night, I won't be surprised just because of all the smoke that's out there. If Christian Wood is in the starting lineup, not to say that like, you know, he's going to, he's going to play more minutes, like you said, than anybody else. But I think that you could be looking at a scenario where depending on how camp plays out, you have D'Lo or Gabe Vincent at the one, you have Reeves as a lock, you have LeBron as a lock, you have AD as a lock, and then you have Christian Wood. I think that that is another scenario However, the lineup finishing the game, I think, is probably going to be what we both agreed on, which was having Vando at the five, or excuse me, at the four, and AD at the five. Yeah. I think that it's more likely, there is a lot of smoke about Christian Wood, but uh, potentially starting. I think they might try to do Ruby for opening night against Denver only because they want to see if they can replicate the success they had in the conference Mm. finals. In limited sample size, limited sample size of saying, "Hey, Ruri, you guard Jokic, and we'll put AD weak side." Or they could just do the same thing with Christian Wood, bigger body, and say, "Christian Wood, you in air quotes got Jokic, and AD will clean up weak side." Or you could just do vice versa: AD, you got Jokic, and if you got need help, we have Christian Wood behind you, who is a solid weak side rim protector. I think team shots our players shot seven percent worse at the rim when he was the rim protector last year, so. I, I think there is a possibility that we see, honestly, any one of those three lineups starting. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. And it's so crazy to talk about that because this time last year, we were not talking about lineup versatility. We were talking about the three, <laughs> the, the, the three guard lineup. 
We were you talking know? about Patrick Beverly being a wing. I can't believe I knew the season was over when uh, who was it? Dial was one of them. They said, "Oh yeah, you know we we view Patrick Beverly as a three and D wing." Yeah, first off, the three isn't the isn't accurate either. And then you're gonna call him a wing? Okay, yeah, we're we're cooked. You know the thank you fans meme? Yeah, thank you fans. After yeah. That that was no that was that was literally out there and that's what's so impressive about what this group did it's just to start out two and ten and even make the playoffs and be in that seven seed um was was remarkable so we'll see if they can pick up where they left off i'm predicting they will we'll see what happens there last thing i want to ask you and it's the question that every laker fan wants to know and you watch more film than anybody and you cover the team for lakers nation so you're tuned super tuned in um do you think this team can win a championship like realistically? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing they got to do is stay healthy. And the second biggest thing they got to do is just make it through the West, man. And I talked about this on a recent pod. I'm not really scared about the teams in the East. Like Milwaukee doesn't have a fear factor in me right now. That could definitely change. I know they have, a, they just made a coaching change. So that's really the biggest thing I'm kind of holding out on is like, how do they play with Adrian Griffin as the new head coach? Boston doesn't scare me because I think we have the wing depth now. And I just, that's another team I just don't trust to be healthy the full year. Um, Philly's gonna, they're gonna blow up. Miami, if they get Dame, it gets interesting. And I thought they were gonna get Dame back early August because I had heard something about that. Um, but if they get Dame, it's interesting. But right now, I'm a little lower on the heat because I, I personally haven't loved their offseason, but neither here nor there. But you can't count out Jimmy, Spo, and Bam, obviously. Um, I mean, Cleveland is a dark horse. Like, but, but my point is, none of those Eastern Conference teams scare me. Not right now, at least, right? So you get through the Denver in the West. You get through potentially Phoenix. Phoenix doesn't scare me right now. Um, Minnesota, who I, I'm high on, they can figure it out with the too big thing. That's the biggest thing. And Cat, I mean, not Cat, um, and taking the projected next step that I think we all think is there. Um, Phoenix, Minnesota, Memphis, I think people are sleeping on because of the jaw thing. They'll still be there. Sacramento, Golden State still, obviously. So you make it through those teams, I think they're winning a chip. So my only concern would be getting through, like, the gauntlet that's going to be the Western Conference completely healthy. And you can do that. I think they'll win a championship. Yeah, I think really to me, just as things stand right now, and obviously the regular season hasn't started yet, so we don't know what these teams look like yet. We don't know what the Warriors look like with Chris Paul integrated. We don't know what the Suns look like um, and those other teams. But like with the Denver Nuggets, I think to me, that's really what it is. Is it's like, is it going to be the Lakers or the Nuggets? And with Denver, the biggest thing is size like because with the size factor and you saw it, what they did to Miami where they would just switch. And then you have Gabe Vincent guarding Aaron Gordon and yeah, Michael Porter jr. Is, is so big and lengthy and um, you know, all these, all these guys are, are just, just the way that they build that team. Now they don't have uh, Bruce Brown, of course. And uh, you know, we'll see what that does to their team, but yeah. it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think, it may come down to if we're looking at them in Denver, it may come down to, 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 to size and to how well do these guys, Jackson Hayes, 
Christian Wood, these other pieces star in their roles because you can't, I don't think the Lakers can afford. I know all the games were close because I, you know, they got swept, but all the games were, were very close. Like for the most part. Yeah. Um, Only game I thought they really weren't going to win was game three. I thought they had a shot every other game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think you just, you need, you need to, you need AD needs to be able to have some help. Yeah. Um, in terms of just, it's, and it's not just like, you know, the other guy starring in their roles. It's just so that like he, he was like giving his all guarding Jokic and Jokic is just hitting those insane shots. And it's like, dog, was it game one where Jokic is, I think the Lakers are making a comeback. Jokic just hits like three one legged fadeaway threes in a row. I'm like, just give him, give him the title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that is. That is that is pretty much how it went. It really felt like it was Denver's year. So we'll see if it is Denver and the Lakers or if they run into somebody else. I definitely think, obviously, with the seeding, I do think fin- having – I know that the focus is championship, but I do think finishing within the top four, if they can, is going to be really important. Yeah. Because you want that home court. You don't mm-hmm. want to have to do what you did last year, which is where – I know the games were close, but, like, they were playing must-win basketball for months on end, right? And you don't want to have to do that. You don't want to have to go into Memphis on the road and win and play Golden State on the road and win. And obviously then you're playing Denver on the road, you know, and then if you get to the finals and you're playing Boston, Milwaukee, probably you're you're on the road for those teams. So I do think the regular season has some value, but of course championship is is the focus as always. So, yeah. Um, all righty, Sean, that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much for joining the show. I know anybody listening listening to this probably knows where to find you, but I just want to give you the opportunity to to plug yourself. Where can the people uh, find your stuff? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean or X at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. Um, check out my personal podcast, Sports Headline Show, where we talk about the NFL and the NBA. I got a couple of great stuff coming, working on a D'Angelo Russell film breakdown that's like a month and a half late, but I got sick. And yeah, so that that that's fun um but yeah so i appreciate you blake for hopping on man you do great stuff and uh appreciate you man really do Alrighty, thank you sean and thank you for listening and uh watching to the lakers betting podcast like and subscribe to us on youtube you can also listen to us wherever it is that you get your podcasts and i will see you to talk more lakers next time